So we've been on the series. Can somebody tell me what the name of the series is? We're, we're developing the character of Christ in the new creation. And really, God wants us as the new creation not to have the character of your mom and dad in you, but the character of Christ in and through you. Because the character of, the, of Christ is the only foundation which is able to sustain a blessing and have an impact on everything else around you in your life. When I say the word character, a lot of the times people think behavior. And it's not. When, when we talk about the character of Christ or the character of the new creation, it, it, it is the uniqueness or the things that distinct, that make you distinctive compared to other people. It's what really separates you and me from the rest of the flock. That's what I'm talking about when I say character. I'm not talking about how well you're, you, you, you sit down and pay attention. That, that stuff is you, your mom and dad taught you. But when we talk about the character of Christ, we're talking about things that are very unique to a large group of people. Now, for us as a church, there are a couple of things that are very unique. One of it is joy. Okay. If you find a depressed lifer, give them a hug. <laughs> and tell them you're in the right church. <laughs> Because we're going to change your life. Anyway, but you, can't, you can never find a depressed lifer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. But the Bible, I mean, Philippians chapter 4, like we ended last week, talks about rejoice in the Lord. Always. It doesn't say be serious in the Lord. <laughs> Pay attention in the Lord. He says rejoice. In the Lord. So if your neighbor is not rejoicing, since we are all one body, feel free to use your elbow. <laughs> pinch, pinch. They, they think all the holy pinch. <laughs> Some of you guys are so serious, man, really. You've been church so much that. That you think, oh, now it's time for the word. I have to be very serious now. And it's like, ooh, no, no. The joy of the Lord is my strength, brother. If you have the joy of the Lord, you're actually more stronger than you think you are. So, so when we say character, we're saying there are Christ-like qualities that are very distinctive to you and me. It, these qualities really separate us from even other Christians. You know, I remember, <laughs> I remember um, this happened, this happens a lot with my mom, you know. And uh, when I moved to Dubai and, and or, oh, yeah, when I moved to Dubai, let's start there. <laughs> uh, I'll be on the phone with my mom and, uh, and she used to do this from the time I was, I was young anyways, but um, it, it happened, it used to bug me a lot when I came here. And um, it, it's, it's like this. I'll be on the phone with my mom and we were talking and we are having good conversation, good conversation. And, and somewhere in, in 
like 15 minutes or 20 minutes of the phone call, my mom just forgets who she's talking to. And she addresses me as her brother. <laughs> and she goes, you know, and you know Greg, you know, the, and you know Greg, the, but, but mom said this Greg in here. So it's only when I say the word mom, you're talking to me. She goes, oh, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, son. You know, I completely forgot, I, was I thought I was talking to Greg. And you know what? She, the, my voice on the phone sounds a lot like her brother's voice. Does this happen to you guys? No? Okay. <laughs> it happens to me and happened a lot. Okay, so just receive the words. <laughs> And so, and so my mom, she would, she would have this call and she, I'm like, mom, it's me. And she goes, oh no, son, okay, you know, and then they go on talking about everything else. In that moment, something happened to my mom. The distinct sound of my voice took her into an encounter with her brother. And that's exactly what happens to people around all of creation when they talk to you and me. The distinct character of Jesus in you and I is really what they are responding to. So when, so when you are in the world, when you are at work, when you are in your garden or you're when you're with your dogs or whatever it is, they really don't hear the man or the woman. They hear Christ. When we are talking about character, we are talking about the, char the characteristics that make Jesus who he is, is in you and it's coming out through you. So when we develop the character of Christ in us, we're saying less of us and more of Jesus in our lives. We're saying the world needs Jesus. It doesn't need John. It needs Jesus. And so my, our purpose really in this series is to really come into a place where we are okay being different. We are okay being Christ-like. We are good with it. So today I'm going to talk about three distinct qualities that make you Christ-like. All right? So if you can, open your Bibles to Romans chapter 14. Romans chapter 14. Man. God is so good. The character of the new creation and the title of my sermon today is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Oh my goodness, I'm telling you, it's going to be good. Are you in Romans chapter 14? <laughs> I feel like I was going to read verse 17 but I just feel like we need to read 14 from 14 this might help all the, the religious parents <laughs> okay Paul saying I know and I'm convinced by the Lord Jesus Christ that there is nothing unclean of itself. But to him who considers anything to be unclean, to him it is unclean. 
That really, I just feel like saying that because a lot of us, we prefer one type of food over another. Or we prefer only Christian music. It's going to be good. I told you it's going to be good today. Paul is saying, there is nothing unclean of itself. Which means that if I decide carbs are bad for me, and one day I have a cheat day, and I decide to cheat, what are you doing? You're cheating on your own word. And Paul is saying, when you decide carbs are bad for you, because you put on weight and you eat carbs, guess what's going to happen to you? You put on more weight. Paul is saying, I believe by the Lord Jesus Christ that there is nothing unclean of itself. So it is, the, it is your mind that pollutes what gets into your body. You can listen to Justin Bieber or Britney Spears, Aerosmith, ACDC, DCAC, whatever they're called. It doesn't matter. You can watch a movie and say, oh man, you know, all these superheroes, all demonic and all that kind of stuff. And when you do watch it, because everybody's watching it, guess what's going to happen to you? You're polluting the very body that... God is saying, is in your hands to keep clean. Are you with me? So we'll, we'll move on because I feel like that I'm already offending some. Verse 15. Yet if your brother is grieved because of your food, you are no longer walking in love. Do not destroy with your food the one for whom Christ died. Therefore, do not let your good be spoken of as... Now, this is the verse I really want to speak on today. That was for free. This is you paid for. Verse 17. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. For he who serves Christ in these things is acceptable to God and approved by men. I'll read it again. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. For he who serves Christ in these things, what's these things? Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost is acceptable to God and approved by men. If your service is not righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost, is it acceptable to God? Is it approved by men? No. What Paul is saying here is that in the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Since you have been saved and brought into the kingdom of God, there are three characteristics about your life that is acceptable to God and approved by men. Everything that we do comes from this place. You can have all the good works, all the big ministry, all the miracle signs and wonders and all of that stuff. And it's immaterial if you don't have righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. 
what we will be known by, what the world is looking for, the new creation, the manifest sons and daughters. He's not looking for you to manifest miracles. Hello. He's looking for you to manifest righteousness. He's looking for you to manifest the peace of God. He's looking for you to manifest the joy of the Lord. That's why when you come into a church like ours, it's very, very seldom that you find a person sad. Listen, all of us come from broken backgrounds. All of us have broken stories. All of us. You sit down, anybody in this church can preach to you and give you an inspiration from their life and your life will change. It's a testimony. Anybody, even the kids in this room do it every single Friday. But what my point is, is this. That even all those things are immaterial if you are not righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Righteousness, peace, and joy. Righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Ghost. Come on, everybody. Righteousness, peace, and That's the... So don't you want to be a part of the... <laughs> don't you want to be a... Don't you want to be a part? Why are you not singing then? Don't you want to be a part of the kingdom? Come on, everybody. It's really good. Nice, nice. If I, were, if I need a choir to sing, I'd chew it to you. It'd be awesome, awesome. Really good. You okay? In the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, you must understand that everything that happened with God's people was external, never internal. Now I'm going a little bit deeper, okay? Everything that happened with God's people or happened to God's people was external, it was experiential, and it was circumstantial. Please remember these, these words. They're very, very important to you today. Everything that happened with God's people was external, was experiential, and it was consequential, circumstantial. It all had to do with everything around us. Everything that the Israelites did in the past was, was everything was external. When I say the word righteousness, I'm not talking about right standing with God. The context that Paul is talking about here is the goodness of God. Where every time you hear the word righteousness in this context today, in today's message, it's not about, oh, I'm justified by faith. I am, I, I'm sanctified by what Jesus did on the cross. Yes, that is a righteousness. But today, what Paul is talking about to us is the goodness of God. So you and I, the characteristics that we're really defined by is goodness. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> We're defined by goodness. Have you, have you met a bad Christian? Some of us have, <laughs> sadly. But that's not a good representation of who Christ is. Have you ever been to God and he's been bad to you? Never. So why do Christians... Anyway, I'll leave that with you. You know where I'm going with that. And so in the Old Testament, what made the people of Israel unique or God's people unique, what was it about them, was God moved on their behalf. When they obeyed God, God moved on their behalf. There was 
clouds, cloud by day, fire by night, all the miracle signs and wonders. He hit the rock and the water came out of the rock. He hit the water, the, the sea and the sea parted. And all these things told everybody around that there was something different about these people. Let's just leave them alone. Because it seems like there's a higher power with these people. Right? Are you with me? So everything was external, but the problem was they weren't changing on the inside. So, so for example, when it comes to justification or righteousness by, by faith, faith was never really in the picture at that time. So they would go to God and they would sacrifice an animal, put their hands on it, confess their sins, and then they were made right with God. So goodness was never really experienced. Righteousness or right standing with God was experienced when an animal was sacrificed, when they would confess their sins over that animal. And so at that time, now their lives were spared, external. Their, their families were blessed, external. Right? They had peace, external peace, because it was circumstantial. Because if they were, had peace for a certain season and an enemy came to attack them, their peace was gone. Hello, please track with me now. Everything that happened with Israel, even the joy, it wasn't the joy of the Lord, brother. It was, it was temporary joy. It was temporary goodness, temporary peace, temporary joy. And it all had to do with external. So the minute something bad happened, they would run to God. And this is what we still do today. They run to God and they remind God of his promises. God, you are the God of the Bible. You are the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You were still praying those prayers. And you said in your word in, in this chapter, and the, God never gave chapters in the Bible. God did not give verses in the Bible. And we think that because I remember the chapter and the verse, God is bound by his promise. No, man, come on, that's religion. Religion. That's religion. See, when I, when, I, when, when I talk to Kelsey, I never go to Kelsey and tell her, sweetheart, you know on the day, <laughs> on that day when we stood together and at 4.23 p.m. in the evening, you quoted to me that you will never leave me nor forsake me and love. You quoted all the scriptures about love and you said that with sickness or health or death doeth part. Why are you angry with me? <laughs> oh, we say, oh, you understand. We, we bypass all the jargon and we just ask her, hey, what's up? <laughs> what's happening? I can't figure this new side of you. <laughs> This, this side that I'm seeing after 13 years, where, where, where was this? Do you understand? You understand? I'm giving an example. That's not my life, but I'm giving an example. Okay. <laughs> we don't have these kind of conversations. But the beauty in it is marriage is every day I discover a new side of my wife. She does not have only left and right side. She has many sides. And the beauty about marriage is that forever, forever, I will keep discovering sides of my wife. Sometimes I might get surprised by it and I don't know how to process it, but then, you know, God, God grace, grace, there's grace. Thank you, Jesus, for grace. Most times I try, we, most times men try to process their wives as men. 
Do you understand? They think she's a dude. She's not, man. She's a completely different person. Made in the image and likeness of God. Specially made. Not like you. Not like me. For us, I can look at a guy and be like, okay, yeah, I get it. I know what he's thinking. But when I look at my wife, sometimes. <laughs> Holy Spirit, I need interpret. <laughs> I, <need, laughs> I need interpretation right now. I need interpretation. My point to what I'm saying. <laughs> my point to what I'm saying is our relationship with God is, is not based on rules and regulations. Our relationship with God is based on relationship. You can go to God and talk to him at any time. Actually, you don't even have to go. He's there. You can talk to him at any time. He's listening. You don't even have to say, God, are you there? He's already listening. Do you, do you know what I mean? I'm just really kind of throwing you out of the boat. But I know, but you know, you will swim. No problem. It's, you'll walk on the water today. That's absolutely fine. I really believe as a church, prophesying, I really believe as a church that we're high places is where God is calling us to now. High places, high places, high places. I really feel like God is taking us to higher ground. Our experiences of, of life and our experiences of church are going to get higher now. So, so leave your earthly self aside. Leave all your troubles aside. And when you come, come into an ascended state of being. God is calling you higher now, okay? We have a, we have a very empowering church. We empower you to have your walk with God. We don't empower you to have a walk with me. We empower you to pray. We empower you to have that conversation with God. So we try to remove man. Every time you remove man out of the way, God is present. It's so beautiful, isn't it? We're a church where, where everything is focused around God. What do you want to do? I'm here for you. I stay as long as you want. You are in this place. I, I, I can tell you, I, can, I would encourage you to do this. If God is not here, leave. If God is here, stay. Because it was Joshua who went into the promised land, not Moses. So don't come after the function. Go run after the unction. What makes us unique after the cross is the fact that everything that was external for the Israelites is now internal. We are not led by miracle signs and wonders. Please pay attention now. We are led by the internal presence of God. Miracle signs and wonders, the Bible says that will follow the preaching of the word. That's why we have so much of miracles happening in our church every week. I mean, I'm, I, we don't have time to share them, but it's, it's phenomenal, phenomenal. The day you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, the Bible says that he brought you out of darkness into his kingdom. The king's dominion is a, is a realm where the king is the most dominant. Are you with me? But the kingdom is not external. Jesus says that the kingdom is within you. The kingdom is here and now. He said the kingdom is at hand. The kingdom is, a, is here and now. And then he says the kingdom is within you. So everything that could happen externally for the Israelites happens internally for you and me. 
Before God can split the waters on the outside, he has to split the waters on the inside. You've got to see the miracle in your mind, God performing the miracle in you before he can perform the miracle outside of you. So here's what happens. God came and he did the miracles for Israel, but he doesn't do it for you. He does it on the inside and then you do it on the outside. You must understand that the new creation is a manifest son. A son who manifests miracles, who manifests signs and wonders, who manifests breakthrough based on the God that he knows that is on the inside of him. Are you with me? So Romans chapter 14 is really talking about righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. What makes us unique is that righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost is a natural expression for the new creation. We don't have to put on righteousness. Righteousness is a natural. Goodness is a natural expression. It's a natural manifestation of who we are as the new creation. It's natural. You don't have to put on, oh, today I'm going to be good. <laughs> today I'm going to have a good day. No. We by anything external. So if you're feeling good because you're, everything else in your life is good around you, then you are still in the old covenant. But if you, are, no matter what is happening around you, you are still experiencing the goodness of God, now you're in the new covenant. Come on now. Many times, many times we go to God praying because our problems are leading us to, to God. We're still living in the old covenant. And goodness, the goodness of God is such a beautiful aspect, a beautiful character of God because it, it, God doesn't try to be good. He doesn't him. He desires to come and live on the inside of you. And when he lives on the inside of you, goodness lives in you. If you can only imagine, just think for a moment. Goodness lives on the inside of me. I don't have to wait for my husband or wife to do something good for me. Buy me flowers. It's my birthday. Not today. Please don't buy me flowers. <laughs> but only when he buys me flowers, I feel like he loves me. But then when he leaves the house, he loves me not. <laughs> and we play these games, these yo-yo games, and we think like God is up and down, up and down. I want to tell you something. If you're in that place, run away. Come into a place where God, the goodness of God, lives on the inside of you. And every day is a good day only because a good God lives on the inside of you. And your faith is in a good God, not in circumstances around you. Think about this. James chapter 1 says, Every good and perfect thing comes from the Father above. Right? Just think about Every good experience that you have, every good experience that you've ever had, what was the purpose of that good experience? 
was for you to feel momentarily good or for you to renew your mind? Because it's the goodness of God that leads a man to repentance. So every time you experience goodness, God is giving you an invitation to change the way you think. Now I'm going off my notes into the spirit. So if it goes deep, then go deep. Okay? So when you look at the goodness of God, it's not circumstantial based on how good, whether you came to church, whether you wore the right shirt, right dress, whatever it is. Well, I said, hallelujah, amen. I put money in the offering. Has absolutely nothing to do with that. It has everything to do with the goodness of God living on the inside of you. And here's, here's the beauty in it. He doesn't even have to do a miracle to reveal his goodness to you. He just has to live in you. And it's like this. Every time he lives on the inside of you, he gives you a good experience. And every time he gives you a good experience of his presence, now your mind is constantly being renewed. So if you want to say, oh brother, you know, I read the Bible and my mind got renewed, is actually an incorrect statement because the presence of goodness in your life gives you an opportunity to renew your mind. Come on, man. So if you ask me, John, what is goodness? Goodness, righteousness is the presence of goodness in you. Righteousness is the presence of goodness in you. You don't have to earn goodness. It's your by faith you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. He says righteousness in the Holy Ghost. He doesn't say righteousness by your good works. He says righteousness in the Holy Spirit. And that day at Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came. And the Bible says that they were filled What are you filled with? See, a lot of the times we are so analytical with our experiences with God that only analytical kind of experiences is what I need to experience, brother. It's only black and white. If it doesn't make sense, I cannot experience it. And God is not sensory. He's a spirit. God is not led by his feelings. He's led by the spirit. As a new creation, we are not led by our emotions. We are led by the Spirit of God. So if Jesus, if Paul is saying the kingdom of God is righteousness in the Holy Ghost, he's saying you are righteous. He's not only just saying you are righteous, he's saying there's somebody who is righteous living in you. And when he lives in you, you begin to experience the goodness of God, whether you've earned it or not. Whether you've been in sin or not. Whether you put money in the box or not. Whether you went to work or not. Whether you swore or not. You are qualified to experience the goodness of God. But pastor, how will people change? Well, the goodness leads a man to repentance, brother. How does a person change? Be good to them. Pastor, I've been disciplining my children. I'm sending them to the room. No, no, let's keep them with you. Hello? I've cut off their phones. The reason why they're on their phones is because you've created that system. Don't Don't disturb me now. Take the phone. It's me time. When you have kids, me time is in the past. 
until they get their own partner, you have no me time. Please just be, stop being selfish. It doesn't exist. Stop living in denial. Spend time with your kids 24-7 if possible. <gasps> but they're, they're, they're draining the life out of me. The problem is they're draining an external. <laughs> they're draining your, 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 your source is an external goodness. And because it's an external goodness, it's draining. Your energy level is draining because, brother, you're not a tree planted by the rivers of living water. But the minute you are planted by the rivers of living water, you are connected to the source of goodness. Your kids will not run anywhere else. They will come to you and drink from the river of goodness in your life. Come on, man. Come on, come on. Hallelujah. <laughs> Come on now. Goodness. I was one day with, a, with, a, uh, with a, some Iranian friends of mine who are, who are in the States, and uh, she's a worship leader. I think Susie was Willis, Wills or something. I, I forgot her name. Um, and uh, um, and uh, so her husband and her were having a chat with me, and he said, John, do you know God is so good? I was like, yeah, yeah. I was eating my kebabs at that time. <laughs> really good food. I was like, mm, yeah, yeah, you know. And he said, John, let me tell you how good God is. And he gave me this example. And I, I was like, does this guy really, is he normal? <laughs> I'm like, we're eating kebabs, man. You know, and, and he says this. He says, just imagine, the Bible says that everything good comes from God. Everything that you experience in your life, even the AC right now, If you feel good with the AC, that's God. It's not the AC. Some of you run away from the ACs. Sit under it and feel good, man. But, but just, just think for a moment. And then he dropped it. I was like, what are you saying? He says, John, think about chocolate. <laughs> I think that's why I read that verse before. There's nothing unclean of itself. But just think about chocolate, okay? Chocolate, chocolate. The very thing that we love, but we like, oh, don't touch, oh, don't touch. <laughs> we just eat, and you can't stop eating. But he said, John, think about chocolate like this. The minute that piece of chocolate touches your tongue. <laughs> He says your, your taste buds go on sensory overload. And it's like, mm, what is that? Oh, my God. It's the anointing, brother. Most of you guys are probably salivating at the moment. It's absolutely fine. It's absolutely fine. But he said that experience, that sensory overload in that moment is the goodness of God. He says, you're not just eating chocolate, you're tasting of his goodness. That's what the Bible says. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Come on now. He is a good God. Good God. He's a good man. I'm telling you, everybody's going to go buy chocolate and they're going to put it in their mouth. Mm -hmm. 
Oh my goodness, the chocolate is so good. <laughs> Did I tell you that the word diet has die in it? <laughs> we should have a diet called live it. Live it. Everything that you put in your body will live. And will cause your body to live. Come on now. Come on. <laughs> I'm on fire. I'm always on fire. <laughs> it's amazing when our parents scream louder than the people in our church. You go to any room, you cannot stay quiet in this church. You cannot. It's, it's very, it's irrelevant behavior. <laughs> you can shout at me, you can throw your hands at me, you can say, don't throw anything at me, but... You can say hallelujah, whatever you want. But I just want to tell you that the goodness of God is not just in the chocolate. The goodness of God was in you experiencing the chocolate. Think about it. When goodness lives on the inside of you, he uses chocolate to give you an experience of his heart and his love for you. Why do you think we come to church? <laughs> why do we come to church? Why does, our, why does the church is so awesome? It's because we experience the goodness of God in this, in this place. The presence of God. The, the righteousness is the presence of God's goodness in this room. You cannot be depressed because you're on sensory overload. Your senses are going berserk. What is happening? Heaven is in this room. Heaven is on me right now. <laughs> Good, isn't it? I'm not looking at my notes because I don't know where it is, but I know somewhere. <laughs> Righteousness, peace. Peace is, um, is the freedom of disturbance. That's what peace is. You must understand that when we, when he says the kingdom of God is in goodness, it's in the freedom from disturbance. Come on. <laughs> in um, in Mark chapter 3, Jesus gives a, 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 teaches a, a parable. He's actually talking about unity. And he's talking about how the devil, Satan and all his devils are all united. They're not divided. Because he says a kingdom that is divided against itself will fall. But he's talking about how the, 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 the kingdom of darkness, even though they have weird expressions, they're still united. And then he talks about how a man who had a house, who had valuables in his house, a thief came to steal that value, those valuables, and the thief has to be a stronger man than the man of the house. And only when he overpowers that man and binds him, will he be able to take his possessions. The question I have for you today is who is strong in you? Who is strong in you? Because, because he who is in you is greater than he that is in the world. So the one who has the valuables, the one who has given you all the gifts, the talents, the, he's given you life in itself is stronger than any attack of the enemy in your life. In fact, the enemy can try to attack you, but he will not 
overpower you because he cannot overpower the prince of peace that lives in your life. He, Jesus, is not there saying, brother, be peaceful. Go meditate. Sit in a quiet room. Don't allow anybody to disturb you, distract you. See, that's wrong what we've been taught. Because we're saying external things can rob my peace. Man, nothing can touch Jesus. There is nothing in this world that can rob your peace. It's just that he robs your thoughts. The Prince of Peace is still on the inside of you. He's still ruling and reigning. He is still sitting on the throne of your heart. The problem is that you allow the circumstances of what is happening in your life to rob the peace, to rob the mindset, the mindset, the mindset, the renewed mind. He puts words in your mind and then he distracts you from focusing on the Prince of Peace that lives on the inside of you. Come on now. Righteousness, peace. Joy. Joy. This is a kingdom of joy. Do you know what joy means? It's the presence of gladness in your life. <laughs> it's the presence of gladness. Are you glad? Or are you happy? Happiness depends on happenings. So if anything good is happening, I'm happy. We've really prophesied negativity over our marriages. Happily ever. <laughs> when, the, when the angel came to meet, meet Mary, he didn't say, happiness has come to you. He said, I've come with glad tidings of great joy. Please listen to me. Joy is not happiness. Joy is gladness. He has made me glad. <laughs> he has made me glad. The joy of the Lord, which we say, we quote the strength. You know, the joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Till salary doesn't come at the end of the month. Joy of the Lord is my strength. <laughs> the joy of the Lord is my strength till exam time. It's exam time now, isn't it? Where's your joy? No, no, I have to be serious. I have to study, I have to do my exams, I have to pass, I have to get 99.9.9.9.9.9%. Only then will I be happy. If I don't get that 0.111%, then there's a problem. There's a problem with me. No, yeah, there's a problem with your mind. Between your ears, there's a problem. For sure, 100%. But who sits on your heart doesn't have a problem with you passing or failing. He is the greatness of God living on the inside of you. Come on, man. I wish I had a pastor like me when I was growing up in school. When I, like I'm telling you, really. <laughs> I'm telling you, I would go to that church. <laughs> People love legalism. Because legalism works. 
But if I told you legalism was circumstantial and external, it wouldn't work. Because it's only temporary. But see, God has called us to be um, filled with joy. Filled. Filled with joy. <laughs> filled with joy. A lot of the times, us as Christians, we think that because of our good works in church, <laughs> that we'll be happy. We are happy by it, but it fades away. God doesn't even look at your good works. <laughs> because he looks at his good work, which was done 2,000 years ago. One final act. After that, no more acts. Please, let me, I know it sounds funny, but, but we've come into this place where we think, oh, you know, if I serve in church, God will be happy with me and he will bless me if I attend church today. If I receive a prophetic word, I, God will bless me. God will bless me. No, no, no. He won't bless you. He is the blessing living in you. So if you can pursue his presence, then his presence is goodness that you need in your life. His presence is peace. His presence is joy. You don't need anything. You don't need alcohol to give you joy, man. You don't need cigarettes and drugs to give you joy. You have the, the, the king of gladness living on the inside of you. All you need is to focus your attention. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. And everything of this world will fade away. What if, what if we came into this place where no matter what happens around us, my eyes are fixed on Jesus? My eyes are fixed on Jesus. No matter who does what, no matter what anybody says, my eyes are fixed on Jesus. You know, Jesus... <clears throat> yeah. you, guys are, you guys find it odd because you're not doing what they're supposed to do. So if you do it, we would all be, hey, it's normal. <laughs> Have you ever wondered in the scripture, Jesus says... Um, Seek ye first, the, seek ye. It's King James. Seek ye. <laughs> ye. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. Right? We've quoted the scripture. We know what it says. But do you know what it means? He's saying in the kingdom of God, if you can focus on seeking his goodness, then I've always wondered what were all these things. I thought it was everything external. All these things shall be added to you. He's actually saying, if you can seek the goodness of God, then I'll give you peace and I'll give you joy. Do you understand? You don't have to run after peace. Mm, go up the mountaintop, come down fast and pray for peace. No. Seek goodness. When you seek the goodness of God on the inside of you, now the goodness of God leads to you having peace. And if you have the peace of God, you must understand Jesus paid the price so that you could have peace with God. Now, I want to take you to Matthew chapter 25. Let's go there. Matthew chapter 25. I want us to read this story. And, I, and I'm sure most of us have 
tried to get it right before. Are you there? 25, chapter 25, verse 14. And it says, for the kingdom, what? The kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. Good. Did you get it? And to one he gave five talents, to another he gave two, and to another to eat according to his own ability. And immediately he went on a journey. 16. Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. And likewise, he who had received two gained two also, two more also. But he who had received one went and dug it dug it in the ground and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of the servants came and settled accounts with them. You're an accountant, right? Verse 20. So he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, well done, Good and faithful servant, you are faithful over few things. I will make you ruler over many things. And here, here's, where, here's where it drops. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Now, look at me. For a long time, I have put myself as the servant who had five talents. Okay? And I've taught on it and I've said it's about stewardship in the kingdom of God and although it is, it's a, it's a, it's a side of the parable that, that is, is absolutely phenomenal. But I want to present to you that Jesus is really not talking about you and me. He's talking about himself. Because in grace, it's really not about your works. It's about his works. So if you were to read this passage as Jesus being the master and as, sorry, as God the Father being the master and Jesus as the servant, it completely flips on this teaching today. It really brings this teaching into, into an understanding because it is not your good works and how well you steward what God has given you. It's how well he stewards what he was given. Think about this. Jesus says, between John 14 and John 16, Jesus says this. He says, Father, I am, I'm, I'm so grateful. I'm thankful that for the ones that you have given to me. I have not lost even... Come on now. now you, I'm teaching the Bible now, please. Okay? So Jesus does not have a tendency of squandering what God has given him. Now, when, when you look at this in this parable, you can see that Jesus has finished the work and he's received the reward. We don't work and receive a reward from God. Because even in your own strength, you will still fail. You will never be able to make five more talents. Come on now. Come on now. You think you can make money? Hello, please listen to me. Uh, if you have a business, your business is not yours. It belongs to Jesus. It was given to Jesus. Yeah, come on. 
Listen, please. Your job was not given to you. It was given to Jesus in you. When you come into this place where you understand that it is not your works that give you righteousness, you are His righteousness. You don't think that we, oh man, I'm righteous, I'm, I'm right. No, brother, you're full of confidence, you're full of yourself. But when you are full of himself, now he is the righteousness. He is, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. It is not your righteousness, it is the righteousness of Jesus that you really are a partaker of. Now understanding goodness, now you must come into this place where you understand that the goodness of God is given to you only because it was given to Christ. The peace of God was not given to you, it was given to Christ. The joy of the Father was really not given to you and me, it was given to Christ. It was His work once and for all, it finished everything. And the Bible says that it was because of the joy that was set, oh come on. It was because of the joy that was set before Him, He endured the cross. I want to have news for you today. The reason why you don't have to go through sufferings, the reason why you don't have to go through the, through the cross in your life is because He went through the cross as you and me. Bible, Bible. I don't have to earn my way through suffering. Jesus already did. So now, because of the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. He now receives the joy of the Father. And the Bible says that if you are in Christ, you are seated in heavenly places. Christ is in you. So righteousness, so goodness, peace, and, and joy, the joy of the Lord is really not by your good works. It's not by every, anything that happens around you. It was because you experienced goodness, peace, and joy in your life because of what Jesus did on the cross. You now have stepped into the work, the finished work of Jesus. Anything good that you experience in your life is because of Jesus in you. Let me tell you, let me push you a little bit more. It is not Jesus trying to give you goodness. Jesus is goodness. Jesus is peace. Jesus is joy. He is gladness. And you must understand, the, the father here in this parable, Matthew 25, he's saying, enter into my joy. He's not saying enter into your joy. Take this, take this, Jesus. He's saying, listen, the joy that I have, in what I've created, the joy, the fullness of the cross, the joy that I get from becoming one with my people, Jesus, enter into that joy. He says, to enter in, enter into joy. It's not really about, oh, I need to be good in order to experience goodness. Jesus did that already. So which means goodness, peace, and gladness is a natural state of being. Because Jesus on the inside of you is he's leaking goodness. He's just leaking peace. He's just leaking joy. You must understand that John chapter 1 says this. Are you, are you okay? 
John chapter 1 says this, out of his fullness, we have received grace for grace. Getting distracted again. <laughs> Come on, people. I'm, I'm teaching you something that will absolutely set you free. You will never depend on another person or another government or another job or another car or all of these circumstantial things ever in your life again your goodness the goodness of God you can always experience the goodness of God in your life because Jesus is good you will always experience peace because Jesus is peace but you must understand something that he's not just sitting there in your life idol <laughs> He's, he's in on the throne of your heart being filled with the goodness of the Father. Being filled with the peace of the Father. Being filled with the joy of the Father. And John 1 says this, out of His fullness we have received. Out of the fullness that Jesus experienced. Jesus does not experience fullness because whether you come to church or not, whether you give or not, whether you are a good child or not, whether you're a good son and daughter of your parents, whether you love, whether you do everything that the pastor asks you to do, it has absolutely nothing to do with that. You cannot even come to church. I'm saying this very carefully because I want you to know that we don't, we don't need you to come to church. You need to want to come to church. Kelsey and I did not give our life for this so that we could have church. Please understand what I'm saying. We gave our life to Jesus because we know where the source of our peace is. Where the source of goodness in our life is. Where the source of joy is. We don't, we're happy when we hear your testimonies and we receive the prophetic word. But we walk away from this room and we're like, wow, God, you were so good to me. You are so good to me. You know, I, I really feel like we need to, have you read this scripture in, in the Bible that says, God shall supply all of my need according to his so why are you not creating a need in your life? People ask me, how do you have 18, 19 meetings a week with church and then business and all of that stuff? How do you, how do, you do that? Brother, you need to understand. I figured it out. I create need. I figured it out. When I come here, I pour myself out. When I go to work, I pour myself out. When I'm with people, I, I, we don't create appointments like doctors. Please don't, please don't misunderstand what I'm saying. We, when we're with people, we give ourselves to people. You know why? Because my source does not run dry. When, when we're with people, when we're serving in church, whether it's leading worship, whether it's, whether it's preaching, whether it's laying hands, whatever it is that we're doing, we come here and we stay on because we know where our source is. 
the source is not in whether people clap for a good point or not the source is that god is full of joy on the inside of me and i experience joy whether i do a good job or not i experience the goodness of god whether i am having a good day or not i experience the peace of god no matter what the circumstances around me when we come into a place like this now we're beginning to experience the kingdom of god on earth as it is in heaven let's stand let's stand let's stand shabaraba setere kere basotoro thank you jesus so right now the tendency for us to get into church mode is there so you don't need a man to tell you what to do just i want you to just look on the inside of you now not in your mind in your heart if you receive jesus as your lord and savior goodness lives on the inside of you if you've if you've received jesus as your lord and savior peace lives on the inside of you joy lives on the inside of you peace is is not a is a freedom from distraction so right now the test is will you get distracted by what is happening here or will you stay connected to what is happening in your heart come on now you got to stay connected to what is happening in your heart there's someone who is on the inside of you trying to make connection with you right now he's trying to make a connection with you so why don't you connect with jesus on the inside of you you could you could have you could be from another faith you could be from another religion it doesn't matter jesus is not religious jesus did not come to convert you jesus does not believe in conversion but jesus believes in transformation through the renewing of your mind if you can only allow jesus into your mind allow the word that you've heard today to transform your mind transform your thinking now the power of jesus he is so powerful that he can come and live on the inside of you so allow jesus to come and live on the inside of you you can do it on your own but we're going to get into a, a song of worship and i really feel like there are people in this room who have been looking to experience goodness who have been looking to experience the peace of god who've been looking to experience the joy of the lord and i i want to have news for you today it's already on the inside of you it's already on the inside of you it's already on the inside of you don't allow your analytical mind to say brother prove to me i need to have a i need to have a physical experience to feel the presence of god let me tell you something god is invisible he is immortal he does not give you an experience of feelings what you need is faith whether i experience it or not i know that you are in me and based on that faith Now Jesus let me experience your presence in me your goodness in me righteousness is the presence of goodness in me say that righteousness is the presence of goodness in me